Guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. And if you're brand new to our show, welcome. Do that again. Do the expression you just did. So a little backstory right here, you guys. Brian is feeling a little bit under the weather. And he literally seconds ago just said, okay, lead the way. I'm counting on you tonight to lead this podcast. That's why it's good to have your co-host. You get to lean on each other when you need to. I came in strong. That's why I did it. We did a bunch of Thanksgiving traveling over this last week and... Uh, it's got me worn down. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's let's share with everybody what's happened since last Tuesday. Hmm. We went to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, which is where my family is from. We were there for about eight or nine days, and we got there on Saturday night. Ate, passed out. Sunday, stayed home. But then Monday, we went to New York. Drove back to PA. Tuesday, we went to Philadelphia, then drove back to PA. And by Wednesday morning, Brian had come down with whatever this is that he's taking a pack for now. Mm-hmm. All done. Yeah. So, so that was we're, we're on the come up, though. Yeah. And um, it was a good time. We hung out with some family, traveled a lot, uh, went to the King of Prussia Mall in Philadelphia, went to Woodbury Commons in New York. I actually did partake in some Black Friday shopping from my couch. Um, I slept a lot this time, I feel like, when I went home. Like, literally, Brian and I would eat and then just pass out for three hours on the couch. My mom would come in and be like, what is wrong with yeah, you guys? Every day was Thanksgiving. Yeah, and literally, every day was. I would, like, the whole day would consist of eating, getting in a food coma, and then passing out. Yeah. Getting up, eating, getting in a food coma, And then coming back, we came back. Well, we were supposed to be back Saturday night. And what happened was, is as we're leaving, our flight in Chicago just kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. And eventually... Long story short, it turned out we didn't walk into our house till 5 a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah. For anybody out there that's doing some holiday traveling or any traveling for that matter, at all costs, avoid O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Yeah, it sucks. The last four trips I've been on over like the last 16 months have connected through Chicago and there's really no way I could have avoided it for the trips I needed to take. Every single one of them, I've been delayed hours and hours and hours and some of time some of the times there's nothing going on like there's no bad weather it's literally just like that airport is notorious for canceling and delaying flights for every time i'm on it and which happened again to us we got delayed after our flight got delayed in pennsylvania for 50 minutes we finally make it to chicago in well time we had a three-hour layover so we weren't worried about our connecting flight but we get there and we're sitting on the tarmac because half of the airport is out of power and so the little connector thing that goes into the plane that you can walk off the plane through and into the airport is like all power and motorized and that thing wasn't working. So we're sitting there and then walking around the airport looking for a place to eat, which is disgusting in and of itself. <laughs> but it was like 9 p.m. at this point and our flight just kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed. And I think we left at 3 a.m. We, yeah, we boarded the plane at 3.30, I think. It's yeah. Or 3:30. And we got here at, we walked into our house at 5 a.m. Yeah. It was just, it was a long day. 12 hour day. trip for a trip that should have been two and a half. Yeah, it was <laughs> tough. Um, and then Sunday we kind of laid around, watched some TV, did some grocery shopping. We actually watched a really good movie that just came out on Netflix. I highly recommend it uh, called The Laundromat. And it's basically a comedy about the Panama Papers. It's really well put together. It's good. Let's also tell everybody about the documentary on the hot yoga guy. Oh yeah, that so was I was. This just came out a couple of days ago too. Um, There's a really interesting documentary we watched called uh, Bikram, which is basically the name of the guy Bikram Chaudhry. He was the guy from India that came to the United States and created hot yoga, which is called Bikram. 
and he came here and allegedly like one of the first people he helped was Richard Nixon solve some really bad back pain. But we later find out that maybe that never happened, but that's what he claimed. And uh, the story basically goes into him creating this Bikram yoga and it just blows up and he creates this massive following of people. And then in order to open your own Bikram studio, you have to take these teacher training yoga certifications from him. And so he would have these things with like 500 to 1,000 people at $10,000 a head where he was running these training programs and they just blew up around the world and he made a fortune off of it. But then he became like a sexual predator allegedly to all these women internally and all these cases started popping up. And so the documentary kind of goes into his story. <clears throat> Turns out he owes, he gets like settles in court with some of these women and they try to go after him and he flees the country and then uh, is still doing this. It's like still actually scamming people in these foreign countries as well to this date. I'm obviously a huge skeptic when it comes to legal stuff, but I'll say this when I was watching the documentary. His responses to things and his demeanor and his choice of words were just like jaw. My jaw was dropping. Yeah, watch the movie. I couldn't watch, believe that this guy. You watch some of his testimonies and document or like uh, his depositions that are in the documentary. Yeah. Some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth oh when he's being God. sued for like rape and sexual predator stuff. Is just mind blowing. Like some of the stuff he says in his deposition. Like, did you really just say he that? He talks about women as if they're objects. It was insane. I, I literally was like, did that really just? Did he just say that? Yeah. It's just. It was just. It's an eye opener. Definitely, definitely watch it. All right, on to our topic of the day. Are you okay over there? Yeah. We're gonna talk about something that I was hesitant to talk about this, but I'm going to bring this up because I feel as though I do get this question a lot in my DMs and. I'm always hesitant to respond to them as well. And I kind of catch myself being trying to be like politically correct because it's such a tough topic to to discuss because so many people are one way or the other. And many of the times there's judgment, you know, when when you're not following everybody else. So we're going to talk about religion and spirituality. Before I do this, this is not this is our beliefs, but we're kind of throwing them out there for you guys to decide on your own, for everybody listening, you know? And I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you're spiritual. I don't even care if you're an atheist. It's just a topic to discuss and to share and to potentially get new viewpoints on it that can help all of us understand each other as opposed to judging one another. I'm at a point myself, and I know you are too, in life where you and I are surrounded by spiritual people and very religious people. But... Nothing ever in my heart ever judges people who are religious or those who don't believe in anything. It doesn't bother me. But along this 10-year journey that I've had of like self-discovery and, you know, spirituality and just learning more about myself and the world, I did have some tough moments and I used to wonder how people could be so one-sided or be so one-sided and then go against their own teachings and judge somebody else for not believing in what they believe. So that's what this is about today. And we're going to talk about the differences. This is the question I get a lot. What's the difference between religion and spirituality? So we're going to dive into what makes these two different, but then also like what makes them alike at the same time? Because I see a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. between the two. Let's jump in. Um, Here's one of the differences that I see between religion and spirituality. I think 
spirituality is more freeing. There's like no rules to follow. And what I mean by that is you don't have to go somewhere at a certain time. You don't have to um, eat a certain food on a certain day. You don't. And by the way, when I speak of religions, I'm like there's several religions going on in my mind because I actually my parents are Hindu. Your parents are what? Christian. And I know Presbyterians. I know Jewish people. So like I know seven. So when I say like rules and I start to make them specific, it's not to any specific religion. It's just whatever's coming in my mind. But, you know. In spirituality, you don't really have to go to a church every single day. Or if you don't go on a Sunday, it's not like you're a bad person. There's no rules around what you have to eat on a certain holiday or on a certain day. There's no certain type of prayer that you have to pray. There's no like check and balance. Wouldn't you say, though, that there's divisions that people would call themselves spiritual that do have that? Uh, but they're, they're created on their own. Like if you're... If, if you're spiritual, you create your own rules through your own self-discovery, through your own trial and error, through your own path. You create your own rules of whatever they are. Like what rule does spirituality have when it comes to your diet or when it comes to, you know, what time of the day you pray or what time of the day you take a moment to yourself? There is no rule like that. Mm-hmm. Um, several religions have a specific rule of when you have to pray every single day. There is no... There's no guide, so to speak, I think, in spirituality, whereas religion, all religions kind of guide you. They kind of teach you something. There's no box around what you're practicing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another difference is spirituality, now from my perspective, is based on love. And religion, to me, is more based on fear. To elaborate on that, I will say when I'm when I try to like sit here and meditate and do something and I'm not really focusing on a God or a religion or some teaching in a book, I'm trying to go into my heart space and use my own heart and my own mind and body to feel the feelings that I want to exude, which is unconditional love during every single meditation, trying to get at peace with anybody else that I'm feeling a little bit of friction with, trying to accept the things that I cannot change in my life. It's a feeling. It's much deeper than me reading a book or me reading some sort of like passage that I'm just reading and trying to understand and say, you know, like I'm forced to feel the love. I feel though as though like in religions, it's like if you don't do this, you have to repent. You know, if you're judging somebody, you're doing this. If you don't follow these 10 commandments, then this happens to you. Like God is mad at you. I just feel like everything's based on fear that something or someone is watching over you or someone is doing a check and balance on you. And that's why you must walk the straight path. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything to add? I think what you said makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, the way that I differentiate the two, at, at the end of the day, I think that these are both just labels that, and at the end, in my opinion, are really meaningless in both ways, but they each have meaningless in the sense of what we actually are, right? We are not spiritual versus religious. We just are, right? Yeah. We are part of this collective consciousness. So to create this label around what we are is to better divide, not better, is to try to divide one versus the other. And division to me is what sparks fear in, in, in the first place. So when I think about it, I just think about it, we just are, right? We're this collective consciousness 
one person is not spiritual versus religious, but a lot of people like to identify and label themselves that way because it's helpful from their perspective to segment themselves into what they believe. And from a religious aspect, um, I think you did a good job of how you explained it, where it seems to have, like there's different boxes that you have to check for certain religions, at least how I perceive it. And it's like, you have to think this way, you have to follow this practice, you have to do X, Y, Z, right? And there's a lot of people that follow that method, all sorts of people around the world. Um, on the spiritual side, I will say most people that I've come in contact with that would identify as that are people that are a lot more loose in their practice, right? They, they're they more focused around what I would call more overarching good energy um, as opposed to saying you can or can't do this or this and that. And they're kind of focused on the rules of karma almost, right? Like the good that you do will come back to you and the, the bad that you do will come it's, back to you. It's more fluid, you know, it's, spirituality is so, it's more fluid. It's more, it gives you room to evolve. It gives you room to grow. It gives you room to change. It gives you the space to become that good person or trying to practice becoming that good person. Religion seems to be like a box and it seems to be regimented and it has like these habits and these things that you have to do. And if you don't do it, then you're going to go to hell. And like, that's where I'm, that's where that's what I see, and that's where I kind of like got stuck, you know. And I was well, just you like, went to school in a Catholic exactly. school, right? Tell us a little bit about um, that growing up. What was from, that like? My gosh, even my preschool was a Catholic preschool. So your family, if you wanted to identify as a religion, were Hindu, but you were raised in a Catholic school where they preached Christianity, right? Yep, all the way from preschool, even my college. It was a Jesuit college. So I went to church. I know all the prayers. I know all the songs. Like I know every, like the Bible. We had religion class all the way through college. Like I took religion. And the and as I got older, I, I questioned my mom. And I'm like, mom, you do this at home. And, you know, but in school they do this, you know. And my mom's answer every time was, she's like, Nina, every teaching of every religion is the same. Just the specifics of who, what, when, where, how. The things that really don't matter in life are all different. But the lesson and the teaching and the moral is all the same in every religion. That's what you have to focus on. So she never once told me if I don't practice Hinduism in, in the way that she does, that, you know, I wasn't going to go to heaven or I would go to hell, you know, whereas I'd be at school and I was taught differently. So I automatically lean towards love. You know, I just I lean towards what she said. My mom, although is Hindu, she is definitely way more spiritual in her practice. She's a very non-judgmental person. She doesn't care what religion you are or what you believe in or what you practice. She, all she is all she cares about is her thoughts, her mind, her actions, her heart and her feelings. And she maintains it at the highest vibration possible at all times. She's not worried about what anyone else is doing and she never judges people for it. So me growing up seeing that that in my house everything and everyone was accepted. But then I would go to school and like our books would teach us otherwise. It's like if you don't believe that Jesus was the son of God, you go to hell, you know, or if the, the Ten Commandments are like rules that you have to follow. There is nothing like that that my mom taught me, you know, and in spirituality, there's nothing like that as, as an adult, which is what I got into. But I came to accept many religions because I was going to school and learning about this one. I was home learning about this one. I had friends who were Jewish or Presbyterian. So for me, it was like this 
in my life, not in my school, not in my home, but in, in my life, in my experience, it was like a melting pot. So that, that was really interesting for me in terms of this melting pot you're talking about, because I was raised in my family was Presbyterian, which is a division of Christianity. And we went to church every Sunday. Like when I was a kid, I did like vacation Bible schools. And, uh, you know, that's how I grew up learning it. And I would say from a relatively young age, I was always kind of questioned um, while we were in these services and things and kind of like just evaluate and analyze the different things that were happening. And then as I got older, um, you know, probably in more into college and into law school, I really started exploring all sorts of other types of religions and reading about them and reading. This is what I became, you know, it started really fueling how I study ancient civilizations because I was fascinated by this age old concept that people are asking like of this higher power. And, uh, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? What's our purpose? These questions that every human being asks at one point or another. And I call them truths. Truths. Yeah. So as I began to explore that, I began reading all sorts of different religious texts. You know, I began reading the Bible. I, I read the Bhagavad Gita, which is for the Hindu text. And they've got the Vedic texts and some of those, uh, Quran, like a bunch of different types of what people would consider religious divisions. I read these texts to try to understand what was different and what was similar. And what I learned through going through that process is from my perspective, it seems like Almost every single religion that I read into, at least to date in my life, have very, if not the exact same stories painted in a lot of them, throughout them, but they're all personified through different people, right? Like in the Bible, there was Jesus. In the Bhagavad Gita, it was Arjun, right? Um, in the Quran, it was Muhammad. Like all these different people have this hero's journey that's yeah. lived out, right? And if you're not familiar with the hero's journey, this is basically a story structure that's very similar to like the major religious leaders that are personified in these different stories. And so I thought, okay, this is pretty interesting. You know, this is uh, you all know what? these... The hero's journey. You know what that also reminds me of? What's Spiritually, that? a book that I could think of off the top of my head, The Alchemist. Yeah. So The Alchemist by, uh, was it Pueblo Cello? Yeah. Or Pablo Cello? Um, he... That's a really good job. That's exactly what that story mm -hmm. is, right? Um, another simple example of the hero's story is a story is Batman or Superman. Yeah. You know, like that can be personified in modern day. But when I went through and I read these things, I began to start recognizing consistencies between the stories. I was like, this is really fascinating, you know, because a lot of things I would notice too is even though these stories were so similar to each other, the people that practice these like devoutly, right? they seem to be so ingrained mentally with this particular religion that everything else is wrong. And what I've noticed through my encounters is that I've seen a lot more people that consider themselves diehard religious in a certain type of faith that become very judgmental of other faiths as opposed to the people that are more on the spiritual side that I've met at least seem to be more judgment free and they kind of let people practice what they want and they don't have anything really to say about it and they're like if it makes you a better person go for it you know but as I studied that over time too what else I find interesting was a lot of these stories in these different texts also had astrological things that would occur that you could draw from that would actually be personified through these different stories right like there's some really interesting stuff about like when jesus is born in the bible or uh, when he passes i'm sorry when he passes away and he uh 
is buried for three days and then rises. Like there is exactly stars that align in astrological things that based on our planet's rotation that happen at these exact times. Now, I'm not trying to say that he was never a person here on this planet, but I'm saying there's some really interesting literature out there showing how a lot of these stories have astrological things that occur that it's possible that they could have been extracted from ancient civilizations reading the stars and how the Earth's plane moved with these stars and different things within our universe and then created people out of them to create to craft stories Hmm. your last point is very interesting to me um it's to go back to the point that you just made about the people who are very religious who are diehard religious and they focus on the people in the stories or in these religious texts it's almost as if they're more hung up on what my god's name is as opposed to what my God is asking me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where the differentiating factor, and that's where the judgment begins. Um, for example, if I'm a diehard Christian and you're a diehard Hindu, then I'm going to sit here and say, you know what, Brian? You have more than one God, and my religion says there's only one God, and his son is named Jesus. If you don't believe in that, you're going to hell. And that's where I get like very kind of confused and just kind of like you know like I reel it in and I have to like close my mouth because I just God doesn't sit there and say go judge people you know it says love everybody it's about unconditional love it's about acceptance it's about realizing that there's many paths to this one truth there are many paths to this realization that we all have eventually in our journey here on earth but to sit there and be hung up on those kinds of details about you know, stories or about things that happened in the past or in in whatever religious text you're reading and then go judge someone for not understanding that. Well, that to me is kind of like, it's, what is it called? It's, it's hypocrite. Like it's being a hypocrite. And that's what kind of, as I got older, um, pushed me away, but we're not going to get into that. Let's go on to more of the, uh, things that are differences between religion and spirituality. The third thing. So we talked about rules, how, there's no rules in spirituality, but there's rules in religions. I think spirituality is more based on love as opposed to there's more fear of a God in religion. Do you want to say something? I was going to say, I think to say there's no rules in spirituality could be inaccurate because I think that people that live their lives in a spiritual way do have their own types of rules that they create. It may just not look exactly like it does from a religious aspect. Yeah, there's, yeah you're right. But you have your own rules and I have my own. You and I are not looking at a book. I see what you're saying. You know, like it's different than what you said before. Yeah, so I you and I saying. no, you and I are not looking at a book. Like I am free to make my own rules up in spirituality, and they're going to be based on my experiences and my evolution and how I'm changing. You know, and it morphs with you. Whereas in religions, there are rules and they're in a book that everybody just comes towards and follows. So that's the difference I was mentioning. Um, a third difference that I see is. Spirituality, in my opinion, allows you to like discover the truth. This is what I call like, I think discovering the truth is like, why are we here? What are we supposed to be like? What are we supposed to like our vibration, our thoughts, our mind, our heart, our actions, everything should be in love, right? And I feel that spirituality allows you to discover these truths on your own time, in your own unique path, in your own way. And there's a lot of trial and error during this. And I feel as though religion kind of feeds it to you. And it's more of like the truth is not 
It's not something you find. It's not something you discover. It's, there's no trial and error. It's kind of defined for you and put there in a book and you accept it. You just follow it. Whether you have an understanding of it or not is not the issue here. It's just follow this, do this. You know, this is God. This is what you're supposed to do. Pray three or four times or go to church on Sundays, whatever the case may be. I feel as though the main reason or the main purpose of these teachings, which is the same. I'm not saying that the religious and spiritual teachings are, are separate. I think they're one and the same. I just think how you get to those realizations spiritually or religiously are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, that path is very different. I feel as though spirituality is more of a united front, whereas religion is kind of dividing. And what I mean by that is you and I are definitely way more spiritual, but I see that you practice your spirituality very different than than me on some days, you know, and that's okay because ultimately you're ending up in the same place. Whereas in religion, you can't not go to the church on Sunday and think it's okay. Somebody else in your religion, in your church is going to call, you know what I mean? Like people like look at you like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like a divider and they look at people who are spiritual atheists as we're all going to hell. Whereas spiritual people don't really look at people who are religious and think they're going to hell or they're doing the wrong thing. I don't look at people who are religious and think they're doing the wrong thing. I just think it's a different path than mine. Does that make sense? Like it's almost like condemning people. And so it divides people. Um, Spirituality. I will say though too, on that point you just made about division, I have met people that would identify themselves as spiritual that are very judgmental against people that are religious. So it almost like puts them in that same camp sometimes. See, I think that co- that comes with experiences. And I think that's ego. Yeah, that's an experience. Because for me, I grew up in a household where we could be spiritual, we could be religious, our friends could be religious, our friends' families could be something else. My boyfriend's families are like Italian Catholics. Like everybody was accepted. There was no judgment towards that. It was simply mind your own actions, Nina. Mind your own heart. Make sure you're clean in your conscious. Don't point the finger at anybody else. Um, spirituality is more about karma, you know, like law of attraction. You get what you put out. So mind yourself, basically. It's not about other people. Whereas I feel religion is more of about punishment. If you do something wrong, like repent, fear of God. Um, what is that thing where you go into confessions? Um, for, that's for the Catholic faith. I yeah. Think. And so like, and I don't know what it is in other religions. And that just to me is like, you do something bad, slap on a hand. You do something, you know, bad, this, you do something bad, call somebody out on it. To me, that's like boxing me in almost. And like that authority, authoritative stuff kicks in, which my personality doesn't do well with. Like I have, I have like, I cannot be told what to do like that. But I get to the same place. I get to the same discovery so to speak as somebody who was religious by being spiritual when I go through my own trial and error in life and I realize that if I don't have the right thoughts the right actions and the right words with love every time I'm gonna get that same crap back at me you know Mm -hmm. you kind of like learn that on your own spirituality gives you more room to trust yourself and I believe religion kind of forces you to see yourself as weak maybe and looking for that power and trust from like an external source. 
So what you just said, I think, is an interesting way that I think about the two sometimes is that, you know, the more I've learned about it and things I've read and experienced after going through the process and kind of switching to how I think about things now is that through religion, I think a lot of them focus around pushing the power to an external source, whereas through spirituality, it identifies power within is the biggest thing that I notice between mm-hmm. that I like feel, I guess, mm-hmm. between the difference of the two. It's because spiritual people say you can't even go believe in a God until you believe in yourself, that you're here for a reason. You yourself unique in this body, in this soul, you're meant for something and it's completely outside of a God. And a way that I think about that is that God, the universe, whatever you call it, is you mm-hmm. just as it is me, just as it is everything that's around us, right? Like we are all the exact same, made mm-hmm. up of the same thing. So to say that one thing is external from us, from my understanding, is I think of is misinterpreting uh, how you could be practicing these things. Yeah, agreed. Another difference I personally see is in spirituality, I think it's very individualized. You're at your own pace. I'm at my own place. Um, You know, some of my friends are very spiritual. They're on their own path. And we all kind of come to different conclusions and different discoveries on our own timelines together, but we share them with each other. And there's like no kind of, there's no judgment. I'm not trying to teach my friends. I'm not trying to teach you. You're not trying to teach me or tell me I'm wrong. It's in a very unique path to each person. And I feel as a religion is very groupish. It's very like cultish where everyone is expected to just like follow, follow, follow. Don't question, follow, follow, follow. Which to me, (laughs) I don't mean to compare this, but it kind of reminds me of our government and like our system here. Um, The quote-unquote matrix, how like there's the sheeple that I like to call. I've I've mentioned this on podcasts before, where it's like the nine-to-fivers, the people who go to college and like get that desk job and you know, wait for that promotion. Like they're like stuck at the same desk job till they're 60 and then get their pension and then retire. And it's like everybody just does this like same old mentality of just going through the mill as opposed to maybe having the heart or guts to like question things and to go deeper. You know what I mean? Like I feel like religion doesn't allow you that. Something else that you just brought up that sparked an idea is... When you think about these religious texts, right? Because uh, I think of spirituality, I don't really think about a lot of specific texts. No, I think I, don't about, I think about just more universal principles that I've come to yeah. understand through my own practice. But when you think of these ancient, these other texts like the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita and um, you know, Quran, all these other ones that exist around the world for different faiths, it makes you think like a lot of these books, these were put together by people. So what did these people? At the time they were put together a long time ago, what did they want in there and what did they not want in there? And how accurate is the information that is even in there, right? Like we have all these issues with fake news now. Imagine how our history could be have a lot of stuff in there that could be inaccurate or could be left out intentionally or by accident in some of these texts that we're not even getting close to the full story about how they should be interpreted. You yeah. Know? I do think that we give too much credit and power to the written word in books put by people that we don't even know. You know what I mean? We have no proof of that whatsoever. And you're right. It makes you wonder like what's left out. What is it that's well, think being- about Think about this. The guy that created Scientology, 
literally was like a, a world-class selling yeah. sci-fi author. And then yeah. he created this, that became like a huge religion around the world, still is to this day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you think about it from that perspective, look how quickly it was to create such a mass movement for a brand new practiced religion, right? And think about that back in the day. And back in the day when some of these institutions that created some of these religions used to force you to practice it or yeah. they would kill you. Yeah. With this, this might be another episode right there, but here's to touch on your point, what you just made. If you watch documentaries on the Catholic faith and the Vatican and all that, there's some, now I don't know if it's true or not. I have no idea. This is like new information that's put out there. There's some deep, dark, scary shit out there on how and why this religion was instituted and why there's these big churches and these like, you know, they're just money making mills at the moment in the name of God. And it just makes me think like if something is a universal truth and it's like here for us and it's what we're supposed to bow down to and become and just, you know, live, breathe and die this. Why does it profit? Why does it profit? I have the same issue with the school system in this uh, country. But why do religious institutions, why are they up there for profit? That's what creeps me out. And so behind all this, you have to leave. Well, no, you don't have to do anything I say. I'm just saying like, I hope that people that are listening will step back and just question that is this how man is supposed to live? And woman. You know, is this how we're supposed to be like? look to an, an external power and just just listen to what we're being fed as opposed to really going in and discovering yourself and learning all the bad stuff about yourself, getting rid of it yourself and feeling the feelings of like liberation. That's completely different. You can't get that from reading a book and you can't get that from listening to somebody or listening to a sermon. You can connect with it. You can grab emotion from it for a couple days, but you're not going to make the biggest change in your life from it I think that comes from trial and error. That's when you're really going to change as a person. And that's where I see, I know that you just mentioned that you see spiritual people judging others. I grew up around people not like that. Like my mom does never, I have never seen that. I've never seen that woman judge anybody. My, one of my really, really good friends, I won't mention her. She's also very spiritual, very non-judgmental person. I myself, I'm surrounded by people who are religious and I know I don't care. Like, it's fine. You, you teach their own is how I feel. I listen. I have a good talk. I have a great conversation. And I I understand I'm happy for people if that's what they believe in. They have something to believe in, you know? But I don't... There's also a lot of people I know that are very religious that are very extremely open-minded people too. So I don't think... That's you know, where... I, okay, that was my next one. I haven't met that yet. You haven't? No. Okay. I've met, I've met people that are that are still open-minded. They may be... You know, they focus on what they do with their particular faith and, and uh, practice, but they are open-minded. It's it's a lot less than I th- would say on the other side of it, yeah. but I have met people like that for sure. Yeah. Another difference I see between religion and spirituality is spirituality is more private. I think it's a very lonely, solitary path sometimes. I think when you like, you know, go, it's more in your mind and your heart. You're like learning and reading and thinking and meditating it's like your own discovery and I feel as though religion is more public and it's more like what is he doing what is she doing I better follow so that I don't get judged you know what I mean like it's more like a show kind of um that's just my opinion I'm not saying that's you know everybody has to believe what I believe but I just feel like it's more of like a show that's put up 
And the last one that I have on my list, I think this is the last one, is spirituality is more of your experience, right? You come to your conclusions. You draw your inferences. You have experiences in life that bring you to rock bottom and then you're trying to pull yourself out of it. You grab your hope and you find your faith. Religion is more based on their experience. And by their, I mean all the texts and the individuals in those stories. And while and I also say that... Been, with, the, with that point you just said, the initial stories that were written in all these different texts have been manipulated and interpreted in so many different ways. It's a problem. That's when you said the history comment, you said that history is morphed and this could be too. That's exactly my, I forgot to mention that. I, you have to step, step back and think to yourself, is this being interpreted incorrectly to me? Because in, in religion class, I wasn't allowed to make my own inferences. I was taught what that sentence met, meant. And that's where I was very kind of confused because there was some really absurd shit in there, okay? And I'm just like, how? Why? Like that's not even the like not, not even nice. And I'm not I'm not condemning religious texts. I'm condemning how they are interpreted and fed to us, as opposed to allowing us to really read them in their entirety and come to our own inferences. It's interesting when you say that. What it reminds me of is I've thought about this before, like when you're trying to question things, right? And like imagine you're young and you're a student and a teacher saying spell blue. You know, and like maybe you're thinking of the colors, so you like B L U E, and then your question be like, but what if there's another way to spell that? Like the leaf blew down the street, B L E W, right? Like you should be questioning how things are taught to you at all times because there's different levels of interpretation and variations that can be extracted out of anything, and you want to make sure you analyze all these different points to create the most objective analysis of things. Yeah, let's jump off this for a second. You consider yourself spiritual. Everybody who's in a religion or is religious um, already has books and teachings and writings to say, this is what I follow, or this is what I try to follow. What do you follow? When you say you're spiritual, what do you follow? So I follow a lot around how I feel. Um, and the, the own principles that I've developed, I think, are very similar to the ancient energetic principles of like Vedic texts. So I wouldn't really consider Vedic texts necessarily a religion. They're more like energetic principles. And a lot around what you said earlier about, you know, karmic aspects, what you put out comes back, whether that's positive or negative. Um, I follow, I, I learn a lot through meditation. There's a really good quote that I think about sometimes that says, when you pray, you speak to God, but when you meditate, God speaks to you. And I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. And I've learned a lot through that process about being very quiet for extended periods of time and calming my mind. And I've gotten like just tremendous information downloads about certain things that then have created intuitive hunches that I've gone and acted on and have pr provided some really interesting results. And, uh, but in terms of like my spiritual practice itself, it involves meditation, you know, it involves every single day trying to be 1% better than I was the day before and always evolving and being very open-minded to new information to leverage it as another data point in all the things that I've already learned. Um, but I try not to be closed-minded in anything that I do. I always try to be very open-minded in regards to that. And, you know, very basic principles like the, the golden rule, do unto others as you want them to do unto you, like very simple that interrelates with the karmic principles as well. And, 
you know, those are some of the things that I implement on a daily basis. Like I don't have to go somewhere to do this. I can do it wherever I'm at. You know, I can, I can implement these tactical steps anywhere. That's the whole point of spirituality. I, I just feel as though more people who are spiritual grasp that idea that I have to be this way 24 seven. I have to try to make this a habit of myself inside and outside of me. I have to be the same person, same good person that I can be and keep reaching for it. And I just sense that like religious people, they just, it happens like once a week or it happens while you're in church. And then, you know, they're out with their friends gossiping about some other friend, you know, and like spreading stuff. And like, that's where I'm just like, no, that's like not what you're supposed to do. But of course, that's just my opinion. I'll say that again. Um, For me personally, um, spiritually, what I follow is like the law of attraction, I think, karma. Um, What I do and say it's beyond that now. Now I'm like learning like what I do and say has to align with my heart. Like I cannot be mad at somebody, but then be nice to their face and think that, you know, it's okay. No, I have to be aligned at all times. Like I have to have unconditional love for that person. I have to be kind to that person. My my thoughts, words, and actions all and my vibration have to align at all times. And so it's a constant of just like forgiveness and unconditional love and not judging anybody letting everything slide within like seconds, um, not harboring any negative emotion about anything or anyone in life, no matter how bad it had made me or could make me feel, I let it go. And I think it's to a point where sometimes now I come off as insensitive or emotionless or like almost like how does she have a smile on her face and how is she still going along? And it's just because I'm learning that carrying any negative feeling anymore or even carrying sadness for too long it doesn't help me get out of those situations it pulls me down more and I feel like spiritually the better I am the higher vibration I am the more I control my emotions and the more I focus on the good constantly and have full blind faith in that everything's going to work out it keeps me in a much better mood which attracts better people and attracts better circumstances for me and puts me in in better opportunities. It's just all around better for me and I'm a better person because of it. I don't necessarily have a daily practice except that I'm constantly like praying and saying positive affirmations in my head. Like when I wake up, when I'm driving, when I'm at the gym, I've talked about this before several times on this podcast. Um, I always when I'm drinking my tea, I'm usually thinking about all the people in my life and I'm like sending them like good vibes. Even if I had a little tiff with somebody, you know, like it's always like a clear slate every single minute continuously. I also spiritually am really focused on trying to evolve in the sense of where I, I try to look at the person in the car behind me, in the car in front of me, on a bike, the pedestrian crossing without looking, you know, whatever. I tried to see, now this is where it gets kind of tricky because I consider myself not religious, right? But I tried to see God in that person. And by God, I mean the purest form of unconditional love on this in this universe, not on this planet, not in a textbook, not in a religious text, It's not some old guy in the sky. It's not a blue God with five arms. It's just this energy, this feeling. It's a feeling. And I just try to see that in every person. And lately, I've been focusing on 
trying to see that energy of just bliss and love and everything is okay. This is the highest and best, even in situations. And that has brought me a couple things. I'm losing judgment of others slowly but surely. I don't get mad. Like I have no road rage at this point. Like I may like laugh and play and joke around, but internally I'm not harboring anything. Three, I have the utmost patience for several things in my life that I'm waiting on to work out in my favor. And I don't know where it came from. Like I just have all the patience in it now because my perception about everything is I see God in this situation. I see God's hand in this situation. I see God in my career. I see God in us. I see God in my family. I see God in like everything at this point. And that's when I can just, in that moment, I literally feel like, okay, I don't have to control this. Like it's in the highest and best. And that's not to give the power away from me or to say that the power is in this external source. It's simply to say, I do trust the universe that I'm a part of. I do trust the creator, whether it was a real God or it was the universe or it was a freaking amoeba. I don't know what it was, but I trust it more then I trust my little human self and my little perception from my standpoint, which does not have all the facts right now. Um, that's what spirituality for me currently is. Very good. Here's a question. Is it possible to be religious or spiritual, like one or the other? Is it possible to be both? Anything is possible. I that mean, that was really, that was, I mean, come on. No, I mean, Give like, me more than that. I think so for sure. Like, the, the some of the practices that we just defined i'm sure there's a ton of people out there that maybe are very religious and go to church on sundays but they still incorporate a lot of these other mindful spiritual techniques that we just brought up through affirmations and through seeing that in others and through meditation things like that um, i think it's very possible a point to make to that you're right i do see religious people who kind of have the whole karma law of attraction thing going on too and even though they might not say that or or, or think that that's what it is that's what tells me that's exactly what has shown me in my life that people who are religious, who do think in a spiritual manner, um, they they may judge me. Right. Because I don't believe in a God or like I'm not, you know, specific don't belong to a specific thing. But I see them in other ways in a life where they like kind of act very spiritual. And that's what makes me think that the teachings, the real point of each of these teachings in religious texts gets lost and fuzzied out by the whole like this person's name was Moses this person's name was Muhammad and it happened in this year and he was born here and you know he went there for 40 days like the, like the details of these stories that people get caught up on as opposed to the message in there and that's where I see that the message the underlying message of religions and spirituality is like the same there's no difference that's where I, I notice it I notice it when I see religious people treating people with the utmost kindness in other manners in my life. I don't know if that was clear enough, but let's just hope I got my point across. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think that you can be, I think that you can be religious. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I think you could be spiritual and not religious and vice versa. Like there's the two, obviously. Can you be both? I think I just answered that question. I think that you can be religious and not consider yourself spiritual, but then find yourself, you know, aligning your mind, body, and heart 
in your thoughts, words, and actions, trying to be the better person, doing the same principles and trying to make that a daily habit as I just explained, you know, or vice versa. You could be spiritual and not religious, but for an example, you could be following the Ten Commandments in your daily life and not even know it because it is a part of that, you know? Um, I think whatever the approach that our listeners, that you guys, everyone listening is on or chooses to be on, whether it's a spiritual or religious one, I think it's just important to know to always follow your own heart. Like if you have inklings to read something, go read it. You know, if you have an inkling to watch a documentary on a certain religion or a certain spiritual text or whatever it may be, go research, read, you know, soak in the information, make your own inferences about things. And I will say this, if there's anything you get out of this episode, it's the judgment aspect. I don't care what side of the fence you're on or if you're in the middle, you don't judge somebody else for it whatsoever. We, we are not, that's not even in, even religions don't tell you not to judge somebody, you know? Well, I, th- I think a lot of them say that God at the end of the day is the last judgment, but I think that gets misinterpreted a lot. I think, and, yeah, and, and I do too, yeah. The way that they're constructed and taught begins to create this inherent culture of judgment amongst people within that religion. You're right. But I th- I take that saying that you just said as if you're going to judge somebody, you're going to get that back. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you do it, you're going to get judged too. I don't, I don't, I don't read that sentence as like, I can't go judge somebody because only God can judge. I see that as I should not judge because the law of karma, the law of attraction says when I judge, that judgment's going to come back in some form. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're right. And I, I and you and we all, you know, but I'm sure there's people out there who disagree with us, which is fine. But I truly believe if there's anything you can get out of this episode is that we can't judge each other's belief systems. We can only be open to them and only be, you know, humbled that these people crossed our paths or that this person is speaking to us about their religion or doing what? Like always, like you said, have an open mind to all of it. And Because at the end of the day, regardless what side you sit on, for you to judge somebody else in reality is to judge yourself because they're an extension of you. Yeah. We're all we're all cut from the same cloth at the end of the day. Like we're all in the, the same. Like I there's enough things in today's society, your skin color, your demographics, where you live, you go to private school or a public school, um, what religion you are, I don't know, what your career is, what your title is, how educated you are. There's enough things in our society today that are factors to judge one another, to make us seem different, but we're not different. And something else that's a challenge, and this is a whole nother topic, but I think is important to note on this is, to my knowledge, and I've read a lot on these subjects over the years, and I could be missing something for sure, but I've never seen a war fought over spirituality, but I have seen more wars than any other topic in the world fought over religion. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. So like, this is kind of going a little bit far out there, but think about the people that profit off of going to war. Okay. This is why I, earlier I said, I think religions were created, were mis, were, were taken, misconstrued, manipulated, 
and used as controlling mechanisms to divide and conquer people. Yeah, here's this is just food for thought. I'm not saying this is accurate or not. This is just food for thought to think about because I thought about That's it before. That's just code that you believe it and you're afraid to say it. No, not at all. So think about the people that would profit off going to a war and then think about how they could craft scenarios to make people my you know my god's better than your god you you know I, I actually believe in it to such an extent that i will go to war with you about it right and how that could be manipulated through stories in the media and propaganda to spur things for these people to profit from wars because you know, there's more wars fought over religion than any other thing in the world you know what i what i heard when all of this like 9-11 stuff had happened i had heard people who were of like the catholic faith sharing a story i was listening i was pretty young too at the time and they were trying they were telling us how it is absolutely true that the quran teaches you to do what these terrorists did and i was very confused at the time and so obviously like i went and talked to my mom and my mom goes i don't know the exact answer all i know is no religion teaches that she goes it might be taken out of context and used and fed that to a certain group of people to make them believe that this is what they have to do to serve their God. She goes, but I doubt that that's in that book. Years later, I was having a conversation with somebody much, much older than me and her and I were talking about it. And I, you know, I brought this up to her and she's like, you know, I know people actually of that faith and there are people who literally, like, if you talk to a Muslim person, that person will say to you, like, it doesn't say that anywhere in our Quran that we have to go do this to be accepted by God and to go into heaven. Nowhere does it say that. There are a group of people who take that context, manipulate the words and the meaning of the words, and feed it to these emotionally young, weak individuals and raise them to become terrorists by saying that. It's brainwashing. So... It is so they, now. I'm not. I'm not pointing to them. I'm not pointing to the um, the the faith or the Quran. I'm pointing to the person or the people who blindly listen to CNN, okay, and believe that the Quran in general, at large, okay, teaches this. And now, an entire group of people with a certain religion are like hated and stared at. That's my problem. We actually experienced this firsthand when we were in Egypt and we went there as part of the tour. We went on this uh, like Nile cruise and got to tour all these different areas. And they, we toured through some of as part of the tour that we did through some of the mosques and things that they have yeah. in the area. Those people in there were like some of the nicest people I've ever met. I still have the <laughs> recording. So this we there was this mosque that women were not allowed in and he let me in and he was reading in Arabic a, a, like a text from the Quran to me. And I asked him to translate it for me. And I have a video of this. And he explains how like it just simply says like just as the sun is one and it like shines on everybody on the earth and the moon comes out at night and shines on everybody on the earth and like mother nature doesn't discriminate towards anyone or anything of its creatures. That's how we should all live amongst each other of like unconditional love and acceptance of one another and like reverence and gratitude that we are all here and we get to experience one another at one time. And I was just, I remember feeling like sad and like emotional and happy. Like I wanted to hug the guy. Like all these feelings went through my head 
I don't even know if Brian remembers this, but like I walked out on the balcony and I stood up on this bench and the guy goes, go ahead, go ahead. It's okay. And I was kind of hesitant because I know women shouldn't be in there. I didn't even have my head covered. And they were so welcoming and just so open to like, yes, we want you to share this. And the guy specifically says in Arabic to our tour guide, he goes, I want these people to go back and share what really Egypt is about. I don't want it to be bad. It's not bad here. Egypt is like my country. It's my home. And like if you if you could just open your mind and your heart when people are trying to tell you something bad about someone's religion or something bad about God or something bad about spirituality, the whole point I'm trying to make here is yes, there's differences. Yes, one seems a little bit harder than the other one or one's more restricted than the other. We as a human being at our highest, most purest form cannot and should not judge somebody else because trust me that information is being manipulated it's being misconstrued misapplied to create havoc to create drama and to create fear and to divide us as a sidebar can we tell the the listeners what happened i believe on that evening on the boat when you woke me up at 3 a.m oh my god i was so scared we're on our we're on our nile boat cruise and uh it's like 2 33 in the morning and nina wakes me up freaking out she's like brian brian look, look next to us. And there was a boat that was like coming up to the side of our boat and was anchoring up next to it. And she goes, it's pirates. I think it's pirates. In my defense, I'm going to explain the story for a second. Literally weeks leading up to our Egypt trip, I cannot tell you how many friends and family members were like, thinking that you and I were going to die on this trip. And people were in my ear, Nina, I don't know why Brian picked this. Oh my God, like, please be safe. Please be careful. Please, you know, wear clothes and blah, 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 like all this stuff. And so I, I'm a very open-minded person. I'm a very well-traveled individual growing up. So I wasn't worried, but then people were like, you know, in my ear, long story short, I've been on several cruises in my life as well. I never saw a boat anchoring it wasn't a boat dude it was a ship i never saw another cruise ship anchor next to a boat so that you could walk through all of their doors the reason they do it is because when all the boats are lined up if you have a boat that's like on the outside and they need to get to shore what they do is they open up the lobbies of the boats and you can walk through all the boats to get to the shoreline so for whatever reason i never had that experience in my life okay he was like call call the front desk it's (laughs) it's somalian pirates (laughs) Listen, listen so Something had happened recently with pirates or Somalia in the news. And so I'm there and you guys don't, maybe someone who's listening has been to Egypt or on a cruise in Egypt, but the windows don't have screens and you can literally jump from one boat into another. Like they're, they're human sized windows. Like it's very easy to do this. Our window was open a little bit, cracked open. And I get woken up to like, Arabic language like really loud people are screaming 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 and like someone's tapping on like the on like near my window and I'm like half asleep and so I I get up and I'm like "Mm," and I ignore it well I don't even know how much time passed I wake up again and I see this giant freaking ship just coming like next to my window like overtaking it and people reaching over onto our ship and touching it and i'm like oh there's like they're trying to take over the ship and like you have to understand like, i was so tired it was the middle of the night and i got very nervous and scared and i tried to like judge the situation and try to grasp it i was so much in a deep sleep that i couldn't grasp it and all i knew to do was to wake brian up <laughs> and so i'm like punching him slapping he's like, like peter brian. pan go save me I'm like brian brian look look people are trying to get on a boat and he's yeah. like he, he got inquisitive for a little bit like he, he he sat up and 
he looked too and I looked too and he's like what is that what's going on and I was like I don't know he goes they're just docking it nothing's happening and I'm like no 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 you have to call you have to call the front desk so I made Brian call the front desk and then that's when they assured us that it was just another boat docking <laughs> um, because they were supposed to be the same stop as we were but yeah that was quite that was quite that was a scene hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so stupid the next morning <laughs> I'm glad I just do that <laughs> oh man it was funny though all right, but. let's go on to books. I have some books for people. Go for it. All right. The first one, guys, about spirituality and religion. I think these books do a very good job of meshing the two so as to not create such a divide between people who are spiritual and religion. That's my next hope, and I hope one day I can have a podcast on that where the majority of people don't even see a difference. But the first book is called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. The second book is The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff. That's a really good one. And the third one is A Course in Miracles by Helen Schumann. 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 I don't know how to say her name. Nice. All three are really, really good at tying religion and spirituality together. I'm consuming another book right now that has nothing to do with this topic, but it's really good, so oh, I'll sure. throw it go out ahead. there. Sure. It's called The Hard Things About Hard Things. Brian, that has nothing to do with That's, this. I just, people go check that out. It's a really interesting one. Do we have a quote for people today? Um, what do you think? All right, I'm looking at one. This guy's name is Vivek Ananda. Come on. Is that an Indian name? You should be able to say that. (laughs) The moment I have realized God sitting in the temple of every human body, the moment I stared in reverence before every human being and see God in him, that moment I am free from bondage. Everything that binds vanishes and I am now free. I like it. Very powerful. What does that mean mean to you? I think that means a lot of the, th- the undertones that we elaborate on this episode. Ooh, undertones. When, Good choice of words. There. Thanks. I'm a linguist. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, like when we talked about like when you recognize that, you know, we are, are not labeling as yeah. this and that we are all one. And so when I look at you, when I recognize that I see God in you because God is within me and every person that you meet, you are seeing and experiencing God in the universe within mm-hmm then you're free from bondage because you're free from the separation and division. There's no judgment. There's, There's no, no divide. Yeah. And that just equals love. Very well said, dude. You're welcome. Mm. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We kind of went on a limb with this one. This is going to be like a, I'm just throwing dice in the air with this one. I don't know how well this podcast episode is going to do, but as always, we would love to hear your comments, your feedback, your thoughts on this topic. Um, I'll be more than happy to share them on my Instagram as well. I love conversations. Like I love deep conversations. A little look back thing just to, just to tell you guys this isn't bullshit. Like Brian, Brian and I like have this thing of like, I cannot do small talk with people. And that's why I avoid public situations many of the times because I have to do small talk. There were moments back home in Pennsylvania this past week for Thanksgiving. I wouldn't go to certain places with my mom because I didn't want to run into people that I'd have to have like small talk with. But deep conversations about deep things, and I don't care if you believe in something completely opposite of what I said. I will never, that doesn't bother me. That's more intriguing to me sometimes. Um, we both welcome that. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about, like, is this topic, yeah. not just religion versus spirituality, but more getting to like, what are people's interpretation, which I think is the biggest thing that people search for, yeah. why they want these answers of truth is like, why are you here? What is your purpose? What are you supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Um, and then religion and spirituality kind of create these mechanisms for how people practice those thoughts in yeah. different ways. 
And so these are like things I, I'm so fascinated. So if anybody wants to talk about it or, you know, shoot us a note, uh, we'd be happy to reach out to you. We could chat further. Yep. Thanks, guys. Talk right. to you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. 